Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul Douglas back with you. Jordana returns tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. Keeping an eye, obviously, on what's happening in Ukraine. Rightfully paranoid to see where this goes next. Uh, usually the experts don't get it exactly right, right? Things can spiral out of control. These black swan events can um, can come back to bite you. Ukraine claims to have killed about 13,500 Russian troops and destroyed a huge amount of equipment, including hundreds of tanks and jets. Among the dead, 12 top commanders, including three generals, and uh, a top spy commander. It's not going according to script, according to uh, experts who keep an eye on the Kremlin and specifically Vladimir Putin. Military consultant Jeff McCausland always has great perspective. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Paul, it's always a pleasure to be with you. So I'm, I'm hoping you can expand on this. I'm, I'm seeing some reports from people who should know there's one senior U.K. defense source who is saying 10 to 14 days before reaching what he calls their culminating point. That's when the strength of Ukraine's resistance should become greater than Russia's attacking force. I am seeing reports running out of ammo, running out of food, Russian soldiers having to loot stores to be able to eat. Uh, what are you hearing from people in the know? Well, actually, many of the things that you pointed out to start with, you know, and we have to remember one thing, and I think this war demonstrates it very clearly. You know, Napoleon Bonaparte, two centuries ago, said the moral is to the physical as three is to one. And there's no doubt about it that moral and strength and courage and, and spirit are on the side of the Ukrainians without question. Normally, that will always fall to the defender. They are defending their homelands. In this case, that is for sure. We've got these reports of Russian soldiers surrendering. We've got these reports of Russian soldiers, you know, driving holes into their gas tanks or their vehicles that don't have to move, uh, being issued food that when they're captured, you find out that it uh, expired 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Reports back to their families. They have no idea where they are, no idea that they're at war. All those kind of things suggest to me the morale and spirit of the Russian army is not there. And command and control certainly has been wanting as they try to execute this military operation, which I believe Putin and his generals firmly believe would be over in a couple days, and now they're heading for the third week. Now, whether they can do an operational pause, which some people suggest they're doing, and then redouble their efforts remains to be seen. 
Sadly, they're trying to use mass now, mass fires, to uh, break the will of the population as well as destroy the Ukrainian military. And they are trying to encircle some parts of the country, particularly around Kiev. The 10 to 14 days, you know, logistics is the master. You know, strategy and tactics is for amateurs, and logistics and sustainment is for professionals. And keeping those supplies going to Ukraine and then getting them across Ukraine. Don't forget, it's as big as Texas to get it to Kiev, get it to Kharkiv, which are way over in the east now on supply lines, which weren't that great to begin with and are being addicted. That's going to be a, a, a more difficult problem as we proceed. Jeff, many, as you know, many of the arms being used to resupply the Ukrainian resistance are coming in through Poland. And recently there were some attacks, some missile strikes precariously close to the Polish border. One killed, I think, 35 people over the weekend. And my understanding, Poland wants to send a couple of dozen MiG-29s, Russian-made MiG-29 jets, to the resistance, to Ukraine to be able to, uh, you know, have some air cover. And the thought was that maybe America would um, backfill those planes with with other American-made aircraft instead. And there's, I, I think, some pressure, bipartisan pressure on the administration to be able to do that. But Biden has been hesitant. Any, any idea why? Yeah, uh, clearly. I think, first of all, this is a classic example to me of, of a diplomatic imbroglio in the middle of a war and one of the most difficult challenges. And I worked on the NSC staff in the White House during the Kosovo crisis. And I can tell you behind the scenes, one of the most difficult challenges is keeping all the allies pointing in the same direction. Keeping 30 countries heading in the same direction is unbelievably difficult. And at least as far as we can tell up to this point, the Biden administration has been doing a fairly good job. This example with the polls, I think, illustrates how tough that is. Because it appears to me what happened was at the last minute, the polls made this sudden announcement that, oh, they'd transfer them to the United States, fly them to Germany, to a NATO U.S. base, and then the U.S. could transfer them to the Ukrainians. And, oh, by the way, you'll give us F-16s to replace them, really complicating this whole problem publicly at the last minute, which kind of screwed this deal up. It's clearly 30 uh, or 20, I'm sorry, 30-year-old airplanes is hardly going to change the balance of this particular conflict. Some pilots have suggested flying these MiG-29s in could be a suicide mission, but you'd have to deliver them armed either with NATO pilots or with Ukrainian pilots coming out of Polish airspace or German airspace because they're entering a combat zone. If they're NATO pilots in there, well, then they're actually belligerents. <clears throat> and if they're, Pol- if they're Ukrainian pilots flying them in, well, they're, you're sort of acting like a belligerent by allowing your territory to be used as a launch pad for those aircraft coming in. Uh, and so what I fear is <clears throat> this particular effort uh, causes a bigger problem, and that is encouraging the Russians to try to uh, intimidate and shut down the supply lines across Poland, which are so critically important in delivering things we've been doing very well at so far, like anti-tank weapons, shoulder-fired air defense weapons, artillery ammo, etc., to keep the Ukrainians in the fight. Do you think he's uh, belligerent enough? That's not the right word. Do you think he's foolish, reckless enough to actually go into NATO countries? I mean, is that something that is that is being given a lot of credence by our analysts? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All analysis, all work by analysts, how well tra- ever trained they are and experienced, all collapses 
if the person you're analyzing is irrational or becomes irrational. There's a certain assumption of rationality which is embedded in all analysis. That's the first problem. In Putin's case, I would think he and certainly the generals around him understand that to violate NATO territory, they might bluster about it, but to invite, invite that would cause this problem to escalate enormously. Uh, and since they're not able to mount, I think, a pretty an effective military operation against a country like Ukraine that has only a fraction of the military power of Russia, why would they want to tangle with NATO at this particular minute? I mean, this is a point right the point right now where after two weeks, the Russian government is trying to recruit people from the Central African Republic and Syria to come fight for Mother Russia. I don't think they're doing it out of a sense of nationalism for Russia. They're requesting military assistance from the Chinese to include things we'd call like meals ready to eat. Hardly seems like they're an enormous uh, military power in this particular regard. So why would they want to expand this conflict further unless they do it by accident? A missile goes in the wrong place, a plane flies in the wrong place, a ship bumps into another ship in the night, or they're operating at a level of total irrationality. Jeff, speaking of of China, this could be a wild card. U.S. officials reportedly believe that China responded positively to Russia's plea for military equipment, even above and beyond MREs. And uh, if it does actually send Russia equipment, that could trigger sanctions against China. Apparently, U.S. officials have told the Chinese that this would be a turning point in, in history, a turning point in our relationship which up until yep. now has been, you know, at times difficult, but, you know, great trading partner, our number one trading partner, uh, that could change in a heartbeat if they really go all in to support the Russians, right? Absolutely. I mean, think about this. Fifty years ago this February, Richard Nixon went to China and opened up the relationship with China. At that point in time, the majority of the population of China lived in, uh, lived in abject poverty. And the, the rising of that population out of poverty has been one of the most enormous economic changes of the last 50 years, to the point that the standard of living in China now is pretty high. So if you say to the Chinese, which I would say to them, look, <clears throat> the Russian economy at the start of this war was the size, GDP-wise, was the size of Italy's. Mm-hmm. Most economists estimate, based on ongoing sanctions and what's occurring right now, that the Russian economy could shrink in GDP terms 15% this year, bringing them back to a level of a recession, if not depression, they have not witnessed since the end of the Soviet Union. So if you want to tie yourself to that particular anchor, you go right ahead. The only other countries that voted uh, to, to uh, support the Russians in the UN Security Council were Eritrea, Syria, Belarus, and North Korea. So if those are your trading partners, that's wonderful. But the rest of the West is going to sanction you in a fashion like you haven't seen. And let's see how that all works yeah. out long-term in the future for you. Yeah, all the autocrats stick together, but uh, yeah. Exact. Money talks. Money talks indeed. Last quick question. Is there concern among the analysts you talk to that as Russia, as Putin becomes increasingly desperate, not to score that, that quick win, that he may in fact resort to chemical weapons as happened with Russia's proxies in Syria, or even tactical nuclear? Is that still on the table? Certainly it's on the table because we know they have the capabilities. The Russians have used chemical weapons to kill dissidents using nerve gas in England. We know that probably was ordered by Putin himself. So we know they have the capability. We know they have the tactical nuclear weapons. 
and we know they talk in their doctrine about mass as a way to speed up an offensive if it gets bogged down. I think the fact that the administration has made a very clear point of this is basically to lay out to them in advance, you don't want to go there. And second of all, to make sure that there's no possibility of a so-called false flag operation where they commit one of these things, try to blame it on the Ukrainians, <clears throat> excuse me, so they could respond using chemical or nuclear weapons. Putin might do this because at this point in time, since his offensive is bogged down, he has two options. Look for some kind of com- compromise and perhaps diplomatic off-ramp or double down in terms of the application of military power. And that, unfortunately, I think is the choice that he is rapidly being confronted with. Well, we sure appreciate your perspective. Wish the news was better, but uh, thank you for the analysis. Military consultant Jeff McCausland, appreciate you. Uh, hang in there, and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch again. Count on it. Thanks, Paul. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.